Welcome to my first podcast. Um, in this podcast, we'll be discussing about devolution in Zimbabwe. So our topic will be, can devolution transform Zimbabwe? So according to our constitution in Zimbabwe, uh, it provides um, you know a framework with uh, that talks about devolution that is under section 264. And this is uh, devolution, this is whereby there's the transfer of power to a lower level, especially by central government to local or regional administration. Um, the areas that has to do with devolution are a serious concern to most citizens, since they are really concerned about how can devolution bring about transformation in our country. Because right now as a country we are going through a very hard time, which we really need, you know, uh, ways of making our situations uh, look better. So, uh, with devolution, there is the devolving of power from the central government to the provincial or metropolitans. So, with Zimbabwe, we have provincial um, councils and there will be as well metropolitan councils. And with Zimbabwe, metropolitan councils, we're talking about Blawayo and Harare. And provincial councils, we're now talking about other uh, provinces. This includes Mashingo, Mashonaland East, Mashonaland West, Mashonaland Central, Manikaland, uh, Blawayo, no, not Blawayo, Matebleland South and Matebleland North. So this is, oh, as well as Midlands. So this is how the structure of our, um, uh, you know, provincial councils will be uh, in terms of devolution. So... Uh, with the devolution, uh, there seems to be a lot of things that, you know, encompass with devolution. This as well include aspects of uh, resource distribution, transparency, you know, and other things. So, however, in Zimbabwe, it seems like there is no really um, a legal framework on how best uh, devolution can be able to help our communities. With me here, I have received Nyamtamba from Mashonaland Central. And I'm also with Melissa Mseka from Mashingo, Mas Vegas. So it's like with me, I have two provinces here. And well, I'm not really representing any province, but I'm from Mashonaland West. So my first question is uh, to you guys. Um, Melissa, uh, do you think devolution can transform Zimbabwe? Well, thanks, Elaine, for having me on the program, on your first podcast, anyway. Thank you for coming. <laughs> okay. So, basically, I think devolution is, is important, and devolution can transform Zimbabwe to a better place. Why? Because from the definition of devolution, which is the transfer of power from the central government to the locals, to the regional level. So having the people from all angles of Zimbabwe, having the power to make decisions, having the power to decide on the budget that they think it works for their society. You know, I believe, Kuti, we are the best tellers of our stories. So if the government gives us, like, the power to make decisions, like decisions, those high decisions that they do in their boardrooms, 
if they give us the power then we are able to find solutions for our for our society for example you know the government just come the councillor the mp the, he just come from wherever he's coming you know we usually have mps that doesn't stay in the area the mp is always in harare but then he says i'm the member of parliament for chivi central how then does it work but anyway that's not the subject to talk about but then if we are given the power to make decisions We'll be able to make impact in our society for example if the government asks us where do you think we should put a borehole in this your, your community we're able to identify because we know that we have this problem that having someone coming from somewhere else from the government that is above there and we the people the masses we are we are down there we are marginalized we are in deep rooted in the society where they don't even come where they just come and consult us when it's time for elections they are vote buying us they want our vote and then they come and then they pretend to ask us as if they are going to give us after they are going to deliver after the elections but they don't then it becomes a system of the things that they do so i actually believe that devolution works and not even works in every in every community in every organization in every because it gives people the power because we say devolution there are three major forms of devolution that is delegation that is deconcentration and we talk of delegation it's about giving someone the authority to do something so if the president can give the local the local authority that is in my area to construct ball to construct balls to make major decisions about the minings about the mining area in my community it also helps the society that i'm coming from because we also need to benefit from those resources but if these decisions are made higher up there that means the community is not going to benefit but the government will do what what's is benefiting them there is always a stakeholder in this in this in this processes when it's done so i actually believe um devolution is the way to go devolution is the way to transform our communities is the way to transform zimbabwe okay receive yes. what's your take um i think it is important to note that uh development is uh value laden uh development uh for the past, we've experienced a situation whereby development has been determined by those who were at the top, like my colleague Melissa has just said. However, such development does not apply to the, to the context and to the value system of the people to whom it is being administered to. Therefore, we have development which is imposed on people, which the people did not, uh, did not vote for, number one, which the people did not uh, suggest themselves. For example, you may come and do a boho in my community, yet I don't need a boho at that time. So that boho is not of value to me. So, to the roots, the grassroots of communities. Now we look at issues to do with uh, fissure, uh, autonomy, right? Whereby uh, a, a community has that autonomy to, 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 uh, to, 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 to administrate, right? And to own its own resources, right? Here in Zimbabwe, you realize that we have various provinces that we have. They have uh, certain resources which are peculiar to their provinces. However, those provinces, they are not even benefiting from those resources. I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll speak of Mashonaland East, right, where, where, where there is Mutoko. There we talk of the, the granite stone, right? The land is so degraded, right? The, 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 there is so much environment, uh, environmental hazards there due to the mining of the granite stone. However, however, 
uh, that mining of the granite stone has not benefited the community right because the the, the, the resources and uh, uh, the, the outcome of, of the, the, the mining uh, projects are, no, uh, are not being uh, used for the for the benefit of that community i'll give you also another example where i'm coming from from national and central we have so much gold as you know we, we are situated along the the, the, the great dike right we have so much uh, gold vast gold mines right however we are not benefiting actually national central is one of the the, 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 the the underdeveloped provinces of the country yet we have so many we have the land we have the, the the mining and we have the people also but we don't own our resources because we lack that power we don't have that authority over the administration and use of our resources so our youths are the farthest off in zimbabwe but with the devolution now in, in place it will enable us to own our resources and determine our own development. So I would say that devolution can really be the answer to, 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 to Zimbabwe, development of Zimbabwe. Yes. Just to, to add on to what Receive is saying, you know, I think we really need to amend our constitution, the Zimbabwean constitution, because if you look at it right now, the power is centralized somewhere, somewhere into the government. Because if you look at it, the power that the president has, it's just too much. It's too much power. I hope you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You know, the president has the authority to appoint the chief justice, has the power to appoint the um, the ZEC commission, the ZEC chairperson, has the power to do a lot. Of, you know, I think most of the government um, government bodies, he has the power to appoint those people. Then the power is just centralized in, in one person. But then how can we then develop when someone holds all the keys? And then no one is the jack of all trades. You all need someone at some point. So if they give the power, let's devolve the power and make sure that everyone is empowered. Make sure that everyone knows what they are supposed to do as an individual to transform our country. Okay. So do you think that the people of Zimbabwe or the people in our different communities will accept devolution? You know, do people really know what devolution is, and do people like when if it's if it's to be implemented, will people accept it? Well, it's 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 not it's not a theory or a principle or something that needs to be to be like to take lessons or to do a training, but maybe we can do it something little just to empower people just to let the people just to let people know the kind of power that they have because do you know that the president works for us? He's there because we elected him. It's not like he's the one who's... Of course, you know. So that's how it... People are given the power, are given the authority to, to decide. And I also believe maybe we can do some capacity building to just make sure that people understand what kind of power do they hold. Because for the president to be there, he or she needs my vote. If I don't vote for that person, that, that, that person doesn't have that job. So the, also the president needs to know that if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't have the job. So we need someone like, something like a servant leadership. Someone who always give back to the community. Someone who's always responsible to the community. Not We need to bridge the gap between the government and the society. You know, if we could have something like those budget consultations, like if we could have them like in, more, I like the initiative that has been, do, done by the government like the budget consultation it gives people the power that you know <clears throat> we are paying tax anyway either either you are your tax is deducted from your salary or whether you buy even if you buy in a supermarket okay pick and pay you all you always 
the government is getting texts from you one way or the other so we also need to make sure that these people they what they give back to the community okay, okay. Uh, I, I i think that um so your question was would the community accept mm -hmm. right to, no, the community accept and right now do they know about devolution. That about devolution i think it is important to note that this issue of devolution uh it is it is just now that you've started talking about devolution like in the in the uh, new new dispensation in courts of of, of Mnangagwa, of the of our president or Mnangagwa, right during the era of president mugabe it, it was unheard of for someone to speak of devolution right but and it was also influenced by the the lancaster house constitution which we had before it did not give room for, for, for devolution. It was centralization of power. But now with this new constitution of 2013 and the new dispensation of Munangang, right? We, we are now talking about, about devolution. However, it must be noted that not so many people are aware of this phenomenon called devolution. Because we had not been talking about it before. It is new to our to our, to our environment, right? Even if you look at the student community, they are, some of most of them they are not even aware. So what more the community? So I think that before we introduce it, like we are doing right now, there is need for conscientization, right? Making the communities aware of the impact of devolution. I even think that the reason why we are having this uh, delayed progress in terms of the, 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 the implementation of devolution, it is because the communities themselves who are supposed to be advocating for the implementation of devolution are not even aware of what devolution is all about. Even if you look at the papers, it is just uh, sometime last, last week but one, when I saw an article speaking about devolution in the newspaper in the Herald, right? But it is not being talked about that much. And because of that, the people are not aware. So I think that media houses, uh, civil society organizations, the councils, they need to start speaking about devolution. At a, at, a, at a larger magnitude so that more, most, more people may be able to understand what the concept is all about. Because I believe that if people believe in something, they can be able to push for it. They can be able to push for that agenda to be implemented. So we need to, to keep on conscientizing the community. Just a follow-up. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe devolution starts in the home. Right. You know, our societies, they are so patriarchal that only the husband holds the power. Mm -hmm. But then what, when we are talking about devolution, mm -hmm. it's about distributing, it's about delegating. Mm -hmm. So if the wife can't make decisions without the husband, mm -hmm. then we are, there is, we are not, not going anywhere mm -hmm. as far as devolution mm -hmm. is concerned. Mm -hmm. okay. So it, we need to start where we are. Where are we right now? We are in our societies. We are in the home. If the chief, the chief, the sabuko, whoever is responsible for the community holds all the power, then we are not going anywhere. So we need to start from home. If they say charity begins at home, so the husband, the wife is also the wife can also make decisions even if the husband is not around. Even if the wife can lend the money to someone else, the husband not knowing, and the kids can also make decisions even if the parents are not aware. That's the kind of devolution that we want. I, I think I, lo I, I love the, the, the side which Melissa has brought into the discussion, the aspect mm -hmm. of culture, right? Like our, our culture is, is a patriarchal society, right? And that is even why we, we, we have, uh, you know, people who are not able to hold their governments to account. Why? Because we have been taught that the government is like a father. 
and, and in our African context, especially in Zimbabwe, you don't challenge what your father says. You don't challenge the concept of your fathers, right? Yeah. So, so with the devolution, there is that uh, culture can stand as a barrier to the implementation of devolution, both on the part of the government themselves, the, the will to push for devolution to be implemented. It is heavily compromised due to that aspect of culture, number one. Number two, also both on the side of the communities themselves, willing to push for it. Both we are used to that to, to that uh, area, to, to, to that place whereby we have someone in high authority making the decisions for us and we are just some some customers of service provision. We don't believe that we are the, we are the owners of service provision. We think that we are, we are the customers. So, so because of that concept, that cultural concept, it can be a barrier. So there is also a need to, to, to counter those uh, cultural notions of, of, of power. But yes. also take into cognizance that culture is dynamic, it's not static. So in something, culture is something that you can get rid of, that you can learn and you can unlearn. So this is one of the things that the society has to unlearn. Because we can't keep on like hanging on one person. What if that person dies? What happens? If your husband holds all the key cards to the money safe, what if the husband dies today? That means the whole family dies. But then they have the resources. But they are, di they are dying of hunger because the husband is dead with all the keys. To, to, to the money safe. Okay. So, uh, while I was looking at the word devolution, uh, I realized that this year, 2019, uh, the theme for our independence, like the theme for you know, the celebration of independence was embracing devolution for vision 2030. <laughs> and then in my mind, I was like, so many people celebrated with that same theme uh, that is um, embracing devolution for vision 2030, but it seems like a lot of people really don't understand what this whole devolution thing is all about, because uh, with this, it even it because I'm looking at the, the the presidential speech, and it also involves the aspect that says. Um, you know, in the spirit of our, because I'm just, you know, taking it as it is, uh, in the spirit of our long-held position of indigenization and economic empowerment, communities must benefit from the natural resources endowed in their localities. And so then how does it then happen that we have communities and the people in the communities saying that they don't know about devolution yet? We celebrated, or is it a thing that people just, you know, go on celebrating the theme without questioning the theme? What does it mean? Because I believe this independence usually there is the national that is done at the, you know, at a national level. Mm -hmm. Then there is also provincial and district uh, level of uh, celebrations. Do people just celebrate these and never really, you know, take time to listen to these speeches, or you know, we're just giving speeches and just like churches, we are always giving them themes, but they don't really make a sense to us. You know, I sometimes think these words are just too big for us. And then maybe we need to demystify. The president talks about embracing devolution in lining with the vision 2030. But what's, what has the president done so far since that speech? What is he doing right now? There is this um, statutory instrument that bans US dollars. There is also this statutory instrument that bans um, eco cash, cash in cash. You know, and they know who they are targeting. But then also the poor... Um, 
the innocent people get involved through this but did they consult the people when they were making those statutory instruments no they didn't but the same person is also talking about the devolution let's look at what is happening to the great to the black granite in mutoko right now the people who are living in that community have not even benefited from that black granite they, so no, 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 not even a school was built mm -hmm. from that from that black granite that is being mined in there and then it's not the only place even if you look at them more areas with many mineral resources what have been that you know let me give you a, another example what is happening in chiazwa right now the people in chiazwa can't even walk with a, a 50 meters from their home 50 meters from their home without an id they are being asked of it of an id but then we are talking of devolution these are the people who are living in that same area that place is so I don't know i don't even know i don't even have the right word to use like there is too much security for 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 that for the people who live in that area are they supposed to live in fear whilst there are other people coming from outside the country mining our 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 resources and if they mine our resources that is damaging our environment you know we have been having a lot of cases that has been coming from manikalen that people are drowning in those areas because for example if the china the people the chinese if they mine in the in your area they don't they leave a lot of pits they leave a lot of they a lot of damage to the environment and then what is happening with that those those big pits they um the water there is rainfall and there is too much rain in manika land if if it rains and then that that pit there is a lot of water and then the livestock you can't control kettles and the livestock you can't control them they just fall into that and then the kids they they are just falling into those pits without caution and they are not even putting any caution signs and that is damaging our livestock that is damaging our environment but then the government is quiet about it you know we have had the long chain that has been built on wetlands and you know and then it has been a case but what has been done and also we have had a case of the betofus the people who died in that mining area mm -hmm. but what has the government done so far as far as devolution is concerned and as far as as far as the president said about embracing devolution he, according as far as the vision 2030 is concerned i i just thought maybe the people who embrace these things the people who even give the president the speech they don't even know what's the meaning of devolution and maybe as, as young people we also need to make follow-up and maybe get um understanding of where are they coming from and where are they going because if we keep quiet and we know these things there is this saying that says we did not borrow the future from our we did not inherit the future from our forefathers but we borrowed it from our kids so if i leave this pit today that has been destroyed that has been damaged by a chinese person who's coming from his or her country that is more developed and come to damage my my country here what is going that pit is going to affect my child I might not be affected by it but that person that my child would be affected so we need to understand the term devolution and then start preaching about devolution because we also you know right now we have the issue that is going on there is no water there is no electricity but what has been done did the government consult us right guys the caribbean has no water what other alternatives do you think we can do to make our country work did they do that no they didn't they just said no we are going to do this year of course i believe there are other decisions that needs to be taken without considered without considering the other part of course i get it but there are some times that you need to consult there are some things that you need to consult the people because if it's about water water is a basic right and then if i don't get it you are fringing on my right and then we're now going back to democracy is it being implemented in the country so there are a lot of things to desire when we talk of devolution mm -hmm.
uh, I, I think that um, to add just on, on what Melissa just uh, said, communities they they are not uh, they do not understand this whole concept of devolution. Sometimes because of these big terms that we use, these are political terms. You know, we just yeah, use it to, to to attract the the masses mm. and everything, the journalism and everything. Mm -hmm. and, and and you realize that the the issue of devolution it was the, talked about uh, during the election period, right? So these are terms that, that that has been used just to lure voters, isn't it? But when it comes to the implementation of those terms, you see, the the, the government is, is is neither willing. The, the government is neither willing, and, and, and even the people, they are not even aware of it so that they can be able to, to push for it. So I think uh, justice has not been done in terms of uh, popularizing this aspect of devolution. And this falls on, on the civil societies themselves, this falls on the government itself, because it, it, it is a legal responsibility, right, to do that. And this also falls on us, the youth, because when we talk of devolution, this sustainable development, it affects us. It's part of the SDGs, isn't it? It affects us as the young people. So we need to be in the vanguard of popularizing. And right now, people are not aware of it. And we need to find to find other terms to use more than rather than use this. There are other terms that we can use, you know, that are simple so that people can be able to understand it. I love what people do, like in, the, in those Chinese nations, where they where they are, they are doing everything in their own vernacular languages, even mathematics. They are doing it in their own vernacular languages. People are, are faring well in that. But look at us. We are not because we are busy borrowing these big terms, and people do not understand them. So I think a lot needs to be done in terms of popularizing it. And I really love what the, what uh, Manikal and uh, activist team has done with the ASDEC thing, right? Whereby they've, they, they, they've uh, translated the, the African Charter on Democracy, Election and Governance into their vernacular language. You see, that that goes a long way to popularizing it, to make people aware of it, to conscientize the communities. And right now that's what you need to do about devolution. More workshops needs to be done and more meetings need to be done. So... Um... In one of the discussions that I had with a, with a friend, um, I got the information that um, there was uh, or there is a Shona version of the Constitution. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the Constitution that has been translated to our own local languages. Uh, but, however, I think there was a challenge, you know, somewhere, somehow, that made the, you know, the constitution to fail to reach to, to the people. Something about, I think, I, I'm not so sure what, what, it, what, it, what it was, but there was, you know, the, there is a translated version. Because, honestly, to, 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 to say the truth is that chapter, that, that section, is not an easy thing to describe, to, you know, to tell to someone who's in a layman's language. It's one of those things you can barely describe, you can barely make someone understand. Mm -hmm. And even if you go into the communities and you're trying to make, you know, your, your, your programming in the local languages, you have difficulties trying to explain what the whole devolution thing is and how it is supposed to be working like. So then, um, as the youths, how can really devolution work for our good? As devolution specifically targeting the youth that is for receive and for Melissa okay and for Melissa the question now will be focusing on the uh, feminist part of it how can women be involved in how can you know devolution help in you know 
bringing about development in women and how can women be involved in it okay uh, I, I would say that uh, number one uh, if, if you look at the demographic statistics right demographic statistics of our country right now we're not talking about the demographic dividend right? whereby we have more youth the more youth population than the older population about 65 percent of the zimbabwean population it is youth right and i love this statement africa is young and the future is young so when you talk of devolution this is we're talking about uh, the delegation of power isn't it and we have more youth in communities so it means that when we are delegating power right we are giving the youth what the major population the power to make their own decisions right decisions which have an impact on on their welfare decisions which have an impact on their on their well-being on in, the, in their future right so i think that devolution it is an important it is of paramount importance to the youth in that it puts the youth in the vanguard of leadership it puts the youth at the forefront of development of determining number one their own pace in terms of development and the nature of development which they want Right now we have uh, more, more, more older people in, in positions of power, right? If you look at our parliament, the parliament itself, it is filled with old people who are, who are, who are now feeling so, so weak and sleepy in the parliament, right? But we need, we, we need that young population in our communities. We have them, we have the resources in our communities, right? But those people, they are not being given the chance, their voice is not being heard. So with the devolution, I think that it offers that platform, right, for young people to amplify their voices on, on matters, on issues that matters to them in relation to, to, to governance. Yes, thank you. Melissa, also coming back to the issue of demography, of demographics, you know, women constitute 52% of the Zimbabwe population. That's an advantage. Yeah. That's an opportunity that we can take. Mm -hmm. We know, and then the other advantage that we can take to talk about devolution to women. You know, currently we're having water challenges. And you can find a lot of women in boreholes, in wherever water is, you find women. And then that's a platform that is already existing. That's a platform that we can take take advantage of. You know, and even if you go into the rural areas, you always find women at balls. And that's a platform that we can talk about to, to discuss, to empower each other about about what devolution is all about and where can devolution take us. Like, as I said earlier on, devolution starts in the home. So if women are empowered, you know, knowledge is power, as they say. So if the women are educated, if the women are given the power, are given the capacity, are given, are empowered enough to know and understand what devolution is about, they are also able to understand and know their rights. And if... <clears throat> If people know their rights, they are, they are able to demand it. They are even able to demand accountability. They are also responsible for their actions. They are also responsible. They also try to make sure that the government account, even for the small little things that you think is not necessary, they are able to do that. So devolution is important to female, is important to women, because one, they constitute... <clears throat> uh 52% of the Zimbabwe population which is an advantage which is something that we can take advantage of so devolution is important to women and also to add on that you, you realize that uh the, the nature of participation of youths in development be it in governance uh the the, the, the youth have been involved in the, at the periphery of development right when you want to look from from our communities where there are issues to do with mining and everything the youth have been engaged as illegal gold partners 
and there's so much risk attached to that. People are dying there in the mines, right? When it comes to farming, the youth are only involved, you know, in, in, in violence, right? When it comes even to governance, the youth are being used as a means to an end, isn't it? But now with the devolution, we are giving the youth that, that platform for them to be in leadership, for them to shape their own, their own destiny, you know, giving them that power to say, do, do you really want to, to participate in the periphery of, de of development? Is, is it our choice? It's not our choice, right? Uh, what we want is to be, to be in the leadership because we can, right? We, we have that power within us. We have the potential, but we are being pushed aside. So with the devolution, I think that it, it is really a milestone in terms of uh, putting youths in, in development, in, in, in the forefront of development. Okay. Wow, quite a discussion. So, um, with the issue of devolution, currently in Zimbabwe, they say they are implementing the uh, devolution and they are at a you know early stage of implementing the devolution because uh, they have given a number of uh, local authorities funding towards uh, devolution, starting you know this devolution at a you know local authority level so it seems like though they saying that they are making now starting to make steps towards uh making a full implementation of devolution the communities still don't know more about devolution so now it makes me wonder who then is this devolution being done for because with this uh devolution is is supposed to bring about an increase in transparency and accountability especially in governance and decision making and that is giving the local people power um you know so that they can you know uh, manage the the public affairs and the resources um then the the role of the government then comes to, uh by as the oversight role in in you know, in the country so that there is uh, good use of public resources then you know it's now up to us as the youth as the community as the listeners to consider talking about devolution in our communities and in our different spheres because it's not fair for such uh, huge initiatives to be done at a national level but still the communities still don't really understand what this whole devolution thing is all about so there is need to make a lot of sensitization and this means that there is a lot of work for you know the youths in spreading the word and uh you know to civic society um organizations and ngos in making sure that there is the popularization of devolution and people can be able to know what devolution is because if people fail to know what devolution is all about it's not going to be different with you know still having that one central government that is still holding all the power in the state hence there is you know a lot that needs to be done so that we can be able to achieve a yes. better zimbabwe and be yes. able to transform our communities because all we are striving for is a better community a better zimbabwe so if we're really not that much informed that means that we are really not going anywhere as a nation yes. so there is a lot of things that need to be done because devolution is something that the people should know mm -hmm. sensitization should, should be made whether it's you know even at political party the way they you know they make their manifestos be heard in, mm -hmm. in different communities deep, deep down there mm -hmm. they should be able to talk as well 
about devolution so that they put their people the communities they know what we are really talking about so yeah this was my first podcast the podcast with elaine so yeah this is our conclusion thank you melissa thank you receive and goodbye it was a pleasure my guy thank you